What website domain should I use with my new RIA? That is today's question on the transition to RIA question and answer series. It is episode number 90. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, if you're not already there, if you head on over to transitiontoria.com, uh, you can find all of the resources I make available to help you better understand the RIA model. Uh, this entire series is available in video format, podcast format. I have articles, I have white papers. Again, all kinds of resources to help you understand the RIA model. Transitiontoria.com. Okay, on today's episode, this will probably be a fairly quick one, but this is... Uh, uh, kind of one of the more fun aspects of potentially moving your practice into the RA model. Um, and, and while the title of the, the episode was, you know, you know, what website domain should I use with my new RIA? This also applies, for instance, if you were to join an RIA and that RA's value prop allows you to use your own brand, your own branding in the marketplace. So so it's it's similar to, to both of those. Uh, but this is kind of one of the more fun topics, right? Of of uh, there's a lot of variables that I talk about on these episodes that go into what it takes to transition into the RA model and how you solve for compliance and how you solve for technology and those sorts of things. And those are very important pieces. They're not things that typically gets you excited. They're just kind of the necessary blocking and tackling. What is exciting about uh, the the process is. The, the idea that you are launching your own business, that you were going to have a brand out there in the marketplace and how you're going to position the brand. And, and by the way, for many of you, you it depends on uh, the, the affiliation model you've been at uh, so far in your career. You possibly haven't been able to do uh, any of that. And, and maybe if you have, it's been very limited. So, so being able to say, hey, how am I going to market my firm? What am I going to call my firm? That's, that's the exciting part of making a transition. And so part of that is talking about Okay, well, what website domain for I want uh, for for my firm? And you might think, okay, there's not much to it, but as you'll see on today's episode, I did want to go through just a couple important tips on this. Now, I'm not a marketing guru; I don't claim to be a marketing guru. But uh, having started my own business years ago, I, I understood how important this is. And you see, uh, every again, whether it's a new RA or you're joining an RA that you're going to use your own brand, this is part of the process. So I thought I would just share some of these. Uh, some of these tips with you. Now, what I'm referring to here, again, we're talking about what is the domain for my website? Uh, sometimes people, as opposed to calling it a domain, will call it a URL. But basically, this is the .com, right? So such and such wealthmanagement.com, you have to own that domain to be able to use it with your brand. So the question is, well, how do I, how do I obtain that? What should I what should I be aware of? And that's what we're going to talk about here. Um, and, and for many of you, this is this is a, uh, an important new thing that you can add, again, to how you brand your practice. And, and it can be very uh, helpful in your business development efforts. So an example is, imagine two advisors that are out in the marketplace. They both serve, for instance, dentists. Or that's kind of their, their niche. That's who they're, that's who they're going after. Uh, from a client perspective, and one, because they're already an RIA, is able to use their own brand and to ever use their own domain name. And their domain, just to make this up, I'm sure someone actually has this, is dentistfinancialadvisor.com. 
That's one advisor. Now imagine another advisor that again is, is working to attract dentists, but they're at some large firm, uh, perhaps a wirehouse firm, and the best that they can do from a domain that they're going to pass along to people they meet perhaps is you know the equivalent of largebrokerdealer.com slash private client slash northeast region slash boston slash such and such group and that happens right you you look up advisors at large firms that's typically they might have a a website page but but it's buried in the big mothership page and it's this convoluted domain name which by the way no one is ever going to type in individually no one, you're never going to hand that along to someone and expect them to type that in. So of those two advisors, who has the better advantage in the marketplace to be able to get advisors to go to their website and take interest in their services? What looks more like they're focused on dentists between the two? The one that's literally dentistfinancialadvisor.com or this one with this convoluted long domain name. So again, if you're in that boat, the good news is if you move to the RA model, you're going to have some options of, of what domain you could potentially use. Again, that's what we're talking about here. So just to run through a couple uh, rules, if you will, and then, and then some tips on logistics as well that I think are important to, to be thinking about. So um, I am a big believer you need to have a .com. So you can go out in the marketplace and it used to be you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was very limited. It was like a .com, a .net org and maybe one or two other ones. And, and now there's all kinds of, of those extensions, um, dozens if not hundreds by now. And I'm just of the belief the marketplace is puts a, puts a higher value on a .com. So even if something is available as a .net or a .co or a .whatever, my suggestion is try your best to find a, an available uh, domain that is a .com that's just kind of a, 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 a table stakes rule that, that you should apply to this. Um, and by the way, I should back up. For those of you that have never acquired a domain, the way that works is you go to uh, what's what's referred to as a domain registrar. So perhaps the most famous of those is GoDaddy. Uh, that's who I use for, for my domains. Uh, so GoDaddy, there's plenty of other ones out there in the marketplace that you can use as well. Uh, but the idea is you go to a domain registrar and you type in maybe a domain that you're hoping is available. And what I mean by available is obviously if someone has already uh, purchased it, it's not available for you to use. So if you go to GoDaddy, they'll have a little they'll have a little uh, a form thing and you type in a domain that you think you might want and it will tell you, is it available or has someone already acquired it and they're, they're perhaps using it? Um, sometimes it's even, you might even be able to attempt to buy it off whoever owns it. But the idea is, I hopefully you're looking for one that is available that someone's not currently using that you can acquire. So again, you go to a domain registrar, GoDaddy is just one example of that. And when you're there, they will give you the option of, okay, what what domain, you know, dentist, financial advisor, that's, that's maybe what you're hoping for. I'm sure someone's already taken that one. Uh, and then they'll give you an option. Okay, do you want that to be a .com, a .net, a .whatever? Again, rule number one, do your best to find some available domain that's a .com. That's just what the marketplace puts more value on um, and, and it just has a more professional look to it. Um, so the next kind of tip or rule, if you will, is that that domain, and by the way, because domains have been sold now for decades, a lot of them are already taken. Most of them are already arguably already taken. So the question is, what will work for you? So I would give you two tips of how to 
try to start looking for names, either either something that matches the brand name or the, the name of the firm you plan to launch, whatever that whatever you plan to call your firm, that's one variation you could attempt to look for. Or you could attempt to look for something that is descriptive, again, of who you serve. So that example of dentistfinancialadvisor.com, that's, I'm sure, whoever has that website, I, I, I could have looked it up before I started this episode, my guess is that's some wealth management firm and they have a different actual name of the firm and a different brand. But because that's their niche, their, the domain that they acquire that they use is descriptive of who their clientele is. So as you explore names to possibly try to register as your .com that you're going to use, either think about, okay, something that goes along with the name of my proposed firm or my planned firm or descriptive of the services or the clientele that I'm looking to attract. So different, it's not to say one approach is better than the other, just, just something to think about. And, and to a degree, you're gonna have to be flexible because there's so many domains are already taken. You're gonna have to find something that's available and it might be down one way, uh, one of those paths or the other. Uh, the next tip, the shorter, the better. Now this is uh, easy to suggest as a tip, harder to implement. So. If you go out there and think you're going to get a one-word domain, something.com, I guarantee you almost every word out there is already taken unless you invent some kind of new word that's a combination of things and that's going to be your brand. Perhaps that hasn't been taken, but you know, advisor.com was probably taken 20 years ago kind of thing. Uh, so the next best thing is you know, ideally two or three words is, is usually the, the tip, the commentary you see out from marketing gurus to say, hey, Tempt, if you can find one that works for your brand, that works for, for again, perhaps a niche that you're serving, two to three words max is the ideal. If it's, you know, five, six, seven words.com, one that looks uh, sloppy on all your marketing materials, it's harder for someone to remember. It just doesn't have the same ring and professionalism that the marketplace kind of reflects on a, on a shorter domain. So the shorter, the better. But again, it is a challenge because most one-word and even two-word combinations out there have already been taken for, for whatever the reasons over the years. More than likely, a lot of those uh, someone already owns those. So you got to you got to be flexible. But the shorter, the better, if you can. Uh, and then uh, an additional tip I'd point out on names, and you sometimes hear other people mention this when they're discussing this topic. Is oh well, we'll make sure whatever you go to, if you find one, we'll make sure it's not some trademarked name that uh, you might have trademark issues if you acquire the domain and you start using it and then down the line, someone will come at you and, and claim, oh, you infringed my trademark. And I, I guess if you're, a, if you're an attorney, that that's the advice you're going to give. The more practical, in my opinion, is the reality is if someone is in your same line of work because a trademark if, if you have a, a a phrase or a name in one industry that doesn't necessarily protect uh that doesn't necessarily stop someone from using a similar name in an entirely different uh industry because there's not going to be any confusion among clients i'm not a trademark attorney so i i'm not going to profess to know all the details but 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 generally speaking the idea is okay is someone in my line of work whatever that might be in our case being a financial advisor uh, already using that name and have they trademarked it? So as a, it doesn't hurt to go out and do a trademark search if you want to see if, oh, wow, if this, this domain is available and that's what I want to call myself, has someone already trademarked that name? Uh, you, you can always do that. I'm just from a practical standpoint, 
if someone has gone to the trouble and the cost of trademarking a name, they've almost guaranteed to have already acquired the .com that goes with that name. So on the chance you find a .com that works for you, I would just say it's very slight chance that someone has trademarked that. Again, a trademark is a much uh, longer process, more expensive process than buying a domain. So that's not a foolproof test, but I, I just be careful before you worry too much about spending hundreds of thousands of dollars doing some trademark search. Again, that if someone is trademarked, they've most likely already bought the uh, the associated .com. So just just a, a thought there. Um, and then just a couple of logistical things to to keep in mind. So if you were to go to GoDaddy, uh, and again, it's fun. You can sit there, you can type things in as you're as you're imagining. Wow, maybe I call myself this, or, or maybe this would work. And and it is kind of heartbreaking at times. You think, oh, this would be perfect, and it pops up, and oh, someone already owns it. You go back to the drawing board, but that's just how the process plays out. Um, but a tip, and this was the case years ago. I remember hearing this tip. I don't know if it's still applicable, but on the chance it is, I recommend you you take this advice. Is if you find a domain that that might even just remotely be the one that you you decide to go with. So you're sitting there playing with with uh, you know combinations of words, and one is available, and that there's a reasonable chance that might be the one you pick, but but maybe not. Maybe in the long run you you find something even better. But if you find one that is available. I suggest you buy it essentially right then. Now, buying a domain, the, it's different by domain registrars. They're roughly about 20 bucks to buy, and it's usually about 20 bucks um, every year to renew them. So it's relatively uh, or very inexpensive to be able to acquire one. Now, the reason I say buy it right then, if you find one that might even remotely be something you're going to use down the line, is a couple of years ago, I don't know, hopefully they've fixed this, but uh, when uh, every domain, there's a central database database called the Who Is. I don't know how that became the central database, but Who Is is the central database of all domains that have been registered out there. And so a domain registrar, what they're doing is they're actually pinging the Who Is database to see if something is available or not and coming back and, and telling you yes or no. Years ago, some people, I assume probably a lot of people, somehow built bots or some sort of technology that could recognize when the Whois database was pinged for a particular domain, but yet not acquired shortly thereafter. And that would go back to these folks. Those folks would say, hey, wow, someone apparently is interested in this domain. So they didn't buy it. So that bad actor, if you will, goes in and spends the $20 to buy it. Sure enough, you show up two days later thinking, oh, yeah, no, I that, that was a great name. Let me go buy it. Oh, it's already bought. Guess what? The person that bought it for $20 is willing to sell it to you for $6,000. You know, and that that's a game that was played. I, I don't know if it's still played. I hope, I hope they found some solution to that where someone can't realize that you've you've searched a word. But just to be sure, no, it's only 20 bucks. If you find a domain that even remotely might work for you, buy it. It's $20. You don't even have to renew it next year if you don't want to. It's not going to cost you much. So just just a tip. Don't don't wait on it if, you, if there's e any chance that that domain might work for you. Um, the next uh, tip from a logistical standpoint, and this is particularly those of you that are in a captive environment now uh, where part of your transition, uh, and this is standard in the industry, that you would be working with someone like me or working through all these steps. 
without your current firm knowing, because if your current firm found out you were looking to make a move to the RA model, unfortunately, some firms would terminate you on the spot. So the process I talk about in a lot of these episodes, all these steps that need to be taken care of, you're doing them behind the scenes, after hours, on weekends. That's nothing shady. That's unfortunately how the industry needs to operate in many cases, because a lot of firms will not take kindly if they find out you're looking. So associated with that, the thought is, oh, well, wow, if you go buy a domain name and that then gets recorded in that who is database on the, isn't there a chance that might be remote that somehow your firm has found out that you have purchased some domain that clearly would indicate you're probably going to start your own firm because it's a, it's the brand of your firm or it's dentistfinancialadvisors.com or whatever. Um, and the chances of them maybe somehow catching that are slim, but but that's not something you need to risk, right? Or you're not something you want to risk by kind of putting it out there in the public. Um, so most domain registrars nowadays would do a thing, uh, GoDaddy calls it uh, domain by proxy, uh, which basically says, hey, in this public database, the only thing that would be published in the public database is GoDaddy's contact information. And it'll claim that GoDaddy owns the domain as far as what the public's concerned, but behind the scenes, you actually own it. Um, that also, by the way, uh, for your your privacy, your just name, information, email address, whatnot, is not out there for public use and people grab it and then spam you and all those sorts of things. So it's it's also good for privacy purposes as well, but, but there is a way to protect uh, as, as such that your firm can't possibly stumble across that you've been buying domains or whatnot for this, this future venture you have. Typically, domain registrars will charge a little extra for that. It might be another $10 per domain per year for that sort of thing. Good money, well spent. So just no matter what domain registrar you might play with, make sure they, they call it different things, domain by proxy, uh, you know, private, whatever. Just make sure you have that so your, your information is not out there in the public database. And again, that's just good for your, just to keep you from getting spammed by, by people trying to solicit you for different things because you own some domain name. So a good use of money, again, it's typically only an extra 10 bucks or so. Um, and then the final thing I would just point out is um, most all of you that are possibly going to launch a firm and are going to have a new brand, you're going to hire some sort of marketing firm to help you with that brand, to build you a website, all of those sorts of things. You do not have to acquire your domain through that marketing firm that you buy. Now, they'll, they'll all, they will all help you acquire a domain if you have not done it. But the point being, you do not have to wait to the point in this whole process that you've engaged a marketing firm to start this process of potentially buying a domain. Um, you can absolutely do everything I'm talking about. Go to GoDaddy, go to wherever, buy, uh, search for domains, maybe buy one. And then in the future, if you uh, engage a marketing firm to build your website, there's just some do they're called do domain name server instructions that basically say, hey, GoDaddy, when someone goes to this.com, send it over to this website over here that, this, that the marketing company has made. So the, the main point being there, you can begin all this process without engaging a marketing company. I'd even encourage you to do that regardless, just because on the chance one day, you maybe want to go in a different direction and, and, and change the marketing company or whatnot. You don't want your domain to be kind of through them. And then you have to unwind that. Just acquire domains on your own. Uh, and again, they can always be directed. The marketing company, that's easy stuff for them. They'll, they'll get that all set up for you. But you can certainly begin that process now, even if you think, hey, I might not transition for six months, 12 months, six years from now. Hey, let me start 
maybe trying to reserve reserve a domain before someone else gets it. Uh, so I hope those tips have been kind of helpful for you. Again, this is this is part of the fun process. Uh, all, all the other necessary things we have to go through. We got to talk compliance. We got to talk tech. We got to talk custodians. Your brand, how you're going to present yourself, what your logo is going to look like, what your website domain is going to be. That's what you're going to put on everything. That's how your clients are going to find you. That's a fun part. That's one of the fun parts of transitioning into the RIA model. Uh, and you can begin this process now. Again, even if even if you're not sure if you're going to go to the RIA model, you say, hey, but if I was, I know I'm going to need a domain. Let me start playing with that now. Follow the tips I've talked about through here. Um, and you'll be able to get through it. And again, just don't get discouraged. I, I, it's almost the first dozen things you search for are probably already taken. You just have to keep coming up with different variations uh, and eventually hope you can find something that uh, that you're proud of that will work well. And again, you can acquire it now and use it at any point in the future. As long as you just keep renewing it every year, it's, it's always yours to have in your back pocket. So uh, with that, like I said at the top, my name is Brad Wales with Transition RAA. Uh, well, this is, this is just kind of a quicker, easier topic. It is part of the transition process to going into the RA model. So that's what I help advisors with is understanding all the things you need to be doing to transition your practice into the RA model. So I did want to just do a quick episode on, on something as simple as the .com, but that is an important thing and how to go about acquiring a .com for your uh, future business. Um, if you're not already there, head on over to transitiontoria.com. Again, you can find all of the resources I make available from uh, this entire series in video format, podcast format, I have articles, I have white papers. And at the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me. If you want to talk about anything related to, hey, should I even be moving into the RA model? And then, by the way, if it makes sense, what are all the things I need to do to transition into it? Again, today's topic just a small slice on that, but is part of that process. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Again, transition to RIA.com. And with that, I hope you found value in today's episode, and I'll see you on the next one.